Pentecost. Uh, for all of our friends uh, worshiping online or on the radio, just a reminder, as I always uh, remind you, go to our website, chapelofthecross.org, and there you will find the bulletin for this service under the resources tab, and there's options for giving your gift, your offering to the Lord under the give tab. Just a few announcements to share with you before we begin worship today. Uh, our music ensembles, just a reminder, they start for children and adults. They start meeting this week. Uh, please see the announcements on the back side of the chapel weekly today. And if you have any kind of questions about how you can serve in the music ministry here at Chapel of the Cross, contact our director of music, Ryan Meyer. He'd be very, very happy to talk to you about that. 
Please note that on the weekend of September 11th, we will be starting our new ministry year. Uh, that means new Sunday school and confirmation and youth and adult classes will begin on or near that day. Uh, also, we're going to have some very special guests with us that weekend. Pastor James Odu and Pastor Raymond Kaija from Uganda will be here. Pastor James will preach, for the word, and preach the word for us that weekend. And they will both lead a special Bible class between the services on that Sunday on the 11th. Uh, as part of that celebration, we will also have our Sunday services out of doors uh, that weekend. So uh, on Saturday, the service will be here in the sanctuary, uh, but both Sunday services will take place on the lawn outside. So if, you, if you'd like, if it's a little more comfortable for you, bring a lawn chair with you and you can use that. Otherwise, we'll have, we'll have metal chairs that you can use. And we look forward to that special weekend, the weekend of September 11th. Not only do we have uh, new Sunday classes starting up, we also have some new weekday classes. So there's a new women's Bible study meeting the first and third Tuesdays of the month at 10, 10 a.m. That starts on September 6th. Uh, sign up at the Welcome Center so we have adequate materials for everybody who comes. And our Wednesday evening Bible study starts up on September 14th at 6.30 p.m. And we'll be studying the New Testament book of Hebrews. So more information about both of those new classes is on the back side of your Chapel Weekly today. And this morning we have the special opportunity and the special blessing to witness the rite of confirmation as well as to welcome to Chapel of the Cross some new members who have recently joined our church. Uh, if you remember a couple weeks ago we welcomed to chapel those who transferred their membership here from Emmanuel Lutheran Chapel. Uh, today we welcome others who have joined Chapel of the Cross over the last couple of years. Uh, because of COVID we did not have a, an official welcoming during those months but we welcome and re we receive those members today. And after church, we're going to share together in a little cookie and punch reception out, uh, out in the commons in their honor, and I encourage you to, to stay and, and, and enjoy that together. That confirmation and that welcoming of members will take place a little later in the service after the sermon today. Our elder of the week this weekend is John Rogers. John is standing right here. He's going to greet you at the back door as you leave today. Get to know John as one of your elders here at Chapel of the Cross. And, uh, and just a reminder about one of the duties of our Elder of the Weekend. Um, as, as you are undoubtedly aware, we have a very long list of names to pray for on our prayer list in our Chapel Weekly. And we pray for those who are new to that prayer list here in worship during, during the worship time. And then our Elder of the Weekend leads uh, a prayer in the prayer chapel at 1045 each Sunday morning for those other people who are on that prayer list. So he will pray for each person by name. And all are welcome to join him for that little prayer time. Um, beyond that, we do welcome everybody and encourage everybody to take home that chapel weekly and take the opportunity during your prayer time at home to pray for those people on, the, on that prayer list. That would be a blessing for them for sure. God's blessings to you as we, as we worship this day. We begin by singing together that opening hymn, Son of God, Eternal Savior, number 842 on our hymnal. We stand to sing it together.
Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Blessed are they whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed are they whose sin the Lord does not count against them. Let us confess our sins to the Lord. Almighty and merciful Father, we have strayed from your ways like lost sheep. We have followed what we have devised and desired in our hearts. We have offended you and sinned against your holy law. We have done those things that we should not have done, and we have done those things that we should have done. Have mercy on us, Lord. Spare us, forgive us, and restore us according to your promises in Christ Jesus. God, our merciful Father, has forgiven all our sins. He sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to be our Redeemer and Savior. Jesus paid the penalty for our guilt by His death on the cross and freed us from death by His resurrection from the grave. We have peace with God now and forever. Amen. Amen.
Lord be with you. Let us pray. O Lord of grace and mercy, teach us by your Holy Spirit to follow the example of your Son in true humility, that we may withstand the temptations of the devil and with pure hearts and minds avoid ungodly pride. Through the same Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. The Old Testament reading is from the 25th chapter of Proverbs. It is the glory of God to conceal a matter. To search out a matter is the glory of kings. As the heavens are high and the earth is deep, so the hearts of kings are unsearchable. Remove the dross from the silver, and out comes the material for the silversmith. Remove the wicked from the king's presence, and his throne will be established through righteousness. Do not exalt yourself in the king's presence and do not claim a place among great men. It is better for him to say to you, come up here, than it is for him to humiliate you before a nobleman. What you have seen with your eyes, do not bring hastily to court. For what will you do in the end if your neighbor puts you to shame? If you argue your case with a neighbor, do not betray another man's confidence, or he who hears it may shame you, and you will never lose your bad reputation. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The epistle is from the 13th chapter of Hebrews. Keep on loving each other, brothers. Do not forget to entertain strangers, for by so doing, some people have entertained angels without knowing it. Remember those in prison as if you were their fellow prisoners, and those who are mistreated as you yourselves were suffering. Marriage should be honored by all, and the marriage bed kept pure. For God will judge the adulterer and all the sexually immoral. Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have. Because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper, I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of the way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Do not be carried away by all kinds of strange teachings. It is good for our hearts to be strengthened by grace, not by ceremonial foods, which are of no value to those who eat them. We have an altar from which those who minister at the tabernacle have no right to eat. The high priest carries the blood of animals into the most highly placed as a sin offering, but the bodies are burned outside the camp. And so Jesus also suffered outside the city gate to make the people holy through his own blood. Let us then go to him outside the camp 
bearing the disgrace he bore, for we do not have an enduring city, but we are looking for the city that is to come. Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that confess his name, and do not forget to do good and to share with others, for with such sacrifices God is pleased. Obey your leaders and submit to their authority. They keep watch over you as men who must give an account. Obey them so that their work will be a joy, not a burden, for that would be of no advantage to you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Dawn of time that will end. 
Please stand. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 14th chapter. To you, O Lord. One Sabbath, when Jesus went to eat in the house of a prominent Pharisee, he was being carefully watched. There in front of him was a man suffering from dropsy. Jesus asked the Pharisees and experts in the law, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath or not? But they remained silent. So taking hold of the man, he healed him and sent him away. Then he asked them, If one of you has a son or an ox that falls into a well on the Sabbath day, will you not immediately pull him out? And they had nothing to say. When he noticed how the guests picked the places of honor at the table, he told them this parable. When someone invites you to a wedding feast, do not take the place of honor, for a person more distinguished than you may have been invited. If so, the host who invited both of you will come and say to you, give this man your seat. Then, humiliated, you will have to take the least important place. But when you are invited, take the lowest place, and so that when your host comes, he will say to you, friend, move up to a better place. Then you will be honored in the presence of all your fellow guests. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Then Jesus said to his host, When you give a luncheon or dinner, do not invite your friends, your brothers or relatives, or your rich neighbors. If you do, they may invite you back, and so you will be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you'll be blessed. Although they cannot repay you, you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated.
Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The scene today in our gospel reading is a dinner party on the Sabbath day. Jesus had been invited to eat with some Pharisees in the home of a ruler of the Pharisees, probably after the weekly meeting at the synagogue. But this was no mere social event. Oh, no. The, the pleasantries and the hospitality and the welcome, they're just a pretext so that Jesus could be put under the glare of the Pharisees. Luke says that they were watching him closely. Jesus is under the microscope. And they're not the only ones watching Jesus, are they? I mean, it seems like everybody wanted to watch Jesus. If there was a person that people were watching, would that not be Jesus Christ? When you think about the events in his life as going in and out of the region of Galilee, in and out of Jerusalem, it seemed like there was always this crowd of people that was following him, just watching him. And the people watching Jesus, they were, I think, watching for, for different kinds of reasons. Some were watching him because they sincerely believed in him. They were catching on that he really is the Messiah. And they wanted to see and be with their Savior. I think other people were watching Jesus because they wanted to be the next one to be healed. They wanted to be the next one to receive a miracle. So you had these kind of people watching Jesus. And maybe the largest group of Jesus watchers were, were people watching him just out of curiosity. They just wanted to see what the hubbub was all about. Why is everybody going out to see this Jesus? Let's see too. But then there's this other group of people who are watching Jesus. And they're watching him with sinister intent, with evil intent. They're watching him and watching him very, very closely because they wanted to condemn him. And it's that kind of careful watching that we see happening in our text for today from Luke chapter 14. It's that careful watching of Jesus by the Pharisees. They were carefully watching. They were scrutinizing. They were examining him. Back in Mark chapter 3, when Jesus was in the synagogue on the Sabbath day, on another Sabbath day, there was a man there who had a shriveled hand. And the Bible says they were watching him that day, watching him closely, scrutinizing him, examining him to see if he would heal on the Sabbath. Luke chapter 20, the Pharisees sent spies to ask Jesus a question. Is it right to pay taxes to Caesar or not? And the Bible says they watched him closely, scrutinized him, examined him. So they wanted to trip him up, make him lose face, to condemn him. And we look at our gospel reading from Luke 14. One Sabbath when Jesus went to eat at the house of a prominent Pharisee, he was being carefully watched, being scrutinized, examined, carefully watched. So they could condemn him. The next few verses, Jesus sees a man with dropsy. Some scholars think that actually the Pharisees had planted him there on purpose so that Jesus would see this man and want to heal him on the Sabbath, which to them was a big no-no. You couldn't do that or much else on the Sabbath day. And everybody had their eyes on Jesus. He was being carefully watched. 
And is that not true for you and I as well? Are we being carefully watched? I think that's true. We too are carefully watched, maybe in a number of different ways. We don't have a group of Pharisees running after us, examining us, but we too are at times scrutinized and examined and watched very carefully. Sometimes we are watched carefully by those who are skeptical about our faith. Maybe even those who are antagonistic about the Christian faith. And there is nothing that they like more than to watch a Christian fall or fail or act in a way that's not consistent with the Christian faith. Ah, you see, they're not so faithful. They're just a bunch of hypocrites. No better than anybody else. And they criticize and critique and scrutinize and condemn. So we are carefully watched, aren't we? We're watched by other people as well. We're watched by people who are very sincere, who are not looking at all to to critique or criticize or antagonize us or scrutinize or condemn, but who are actually looking to learn from us, to learn from our example, to imitate and to follow the Christian life. You know, think about your life. I think a lot of us would have to say in many ways, I am the kind of Christian person I am today because some of the people that I carefully watched and the way that they lived out their faith, how they lived their Christian life, I learned to follow Jesus. I learned to follow Jesus by watching somebody else who was following Jesus. And how many people are now watching us live out our lives as we follow Jesus? Children? Children? Spouses, siblings, neighbors, co-workers, fellow church members. We are one of the ways, and potentially for some, we are the only way that people see who Jesus is, what Jesus is like. And so we are carefully watched. Unfortunately, we're not always a positive example, are we? as people are carefully watching and examining you and me. There's a lot of reasons for that. I mean, we're sinful people, but maybe a big reason is because instead of carefully watching Jesus, we're carefully watching a whole lot of other things. We're carefully watching TV, or we're carefully watching our wallet, or we're carefully watching our political party, or we're carefully watching our culture. We're not fixing our eyes on the author and the perfecter of our faith, Jesus Christ. So we're not always a good example as people are watching us. And I I guess it'd be one thing to disappoint a skeptic. It'd be one thing to to disappoint somebody who's watching us to, to follow our Christian example. But it is something else entirely to disappoint our Lord and our Savior. Because Jesus is watching, is he not? Our gospel reading even alludes to that. Jesus is watching the people. So know what Luke says. He says, One Sabbath when Jesus went to eat in the house of a prominent Pharisee, he was being carefully watched. When he noticed how the guests picked the places of honor at the table, he told them a parable. Jesus is watching. He noticed. Jesus knew everything that was going on that day in that house of that Pharisee. He knew the real intentions of the Pharisees, the, re- the reason why they invited him to the house. 
He knew the knowing looks that they gave to one another, the raised eyebrows that they shared with each other. He even paid attention to the seating arrangements. There was nothing that happened in that Pharisee's house that day that Jesus did not notice. He noticed it all. And the same thing is true with our lives, isn't it? There is nothing that Jesus does not notice. There is not an hour, a minute, a second where he's unaware of what just took place in our lives or in our homes or in our head or in our heart. And that can be a very, very comforting thing. And that also may cause concern for some of us. But that doesn't have to cause concern. You know, I talked about the way the Pharisees were carefully watching Jesus. They were watching with sinister intent, with evil intent. They were watching to scrutinize. They were watching to condemn. I mean, there was not an ounce of love in their hearts. But Jesus looks at us in a very, very different way. Jesus sees people like nobody else sees people. He sees our faults and our faith. He sees our sin and our success. He sees our defeats and our victories. He sees everything about us. And he loves us. You know, a great example of that from Scripture is when Jesus first meets the apostle Peter. Remember, Andrew, his brother, had, had met Jesus and was convinced that he met the Messiah. So he runs to get his brother. What a great brother. Runs to get Peter, Simon, as he was called at that time, so he could meet Jesus too. And the Bible says in that first chapter of St. John, J- Jesus looked at Simon and said to him, You are Simon, son of John. You will now be called Peter, the rock. And later we know why. How the rock on which I will build my church When Jesus first met Peter, he looked right into him, right into his heart. And he knew. He knew that Peter would deny him. He knew that Peter would walk on water and then just lose his faith and start to drown. He knew that Peter would one moment say that he was the Christ, but the very next moment would criticize the kind of Christ that he was. He saw right into Peter. And when he saw all of Peter's failures and all of his sins, all of his shortcomings, he doesn't look at him like the Pharisees would look at him. He looked at Peter with love. Not excusing the sin. Jesus never excuses the sin, but forgiving the sin. Not focusing on who he was, but who he would become as a child of God. Jesus does the same with you and me, you know. He can look right into us. There is no facade with Jesus Christ. There is no front that you can put up. There is nothing that you can hide from him. He knows who we are because he can see right into our hearts. But he also knows who we can become when we are his. And he looks at us with love. In Mark chapter 10 is the story of, of the rich young man. You might remember that story. The Bible says that this young man throws himself at Jesus' feet and he asks, what must I do to inherit the kingdom of God? And Jesus' response to him is, well, you know the commandments. Do them. Follow them. And you will live. 
And that man's amazing response is, all these I have done since I was a boy. I've done it all. I've kept the law. Now, now if I were Jesus, you know what I would have said? Yeah, right. <laughs> sure you have. Give me a break. It's not what Jesus said. Not at all. The very next verse says, Jesus looked at him and loved him. Jesus saw right into that young man's heart and saw all that pride in there and all of that self-righteousness, all of that arrogance, and he loved him in spite of that. Is that not the way that Jesus sees us? In spite of the facade that we put up, in spite of the front that we try to use, in spite of the sin that's seen and unseen, he sees through all of that and he loves us. You know, you watch Jesus take a look at people and you will see how he sees you. How does he see people? In Matthew chapter 9, as he's traveling throughout the region, he sees the crowds and he has compassion on them because they are like sheep without a shepherd. How does Jesus see you? Well, as his little sheep who needs a shepherd. How does Jesus see you? Well, you watch him look at people. You, you will see Jesus see a man who's been an invalid for 38 years in John chapter 5. Been trying to get to that pool at Bethesda year after year and month after month and day after day. Can never do it. And the Bible says that Jesus saw him and had mercy on him. How does Jesus see you? As a broken and beaten beggar in need of his mercy. How does Jesus see you? Well, you watch him look at people. John chapter 11, Lazarus has died. And Mary comes out to meet him, meet Jesus who's arrived, in her opinion, a little bit too late to do anything. And she falls at his feet, weeping. And the Bible says Jesus saw her and he wept. Jesus sees you and me in times of grief and sorrow and mourning. He weeps with us. Watch him look at people. Watch him in Galilee and watch him in Bethesda. Watch him at Bethany. Watch him finally at Calvary. You hear what he says from that cross. As he looks around at those people, as he looks at the soldiers and the disciples and the Pharisees and the criminals, as he looks at you and me and all people throughout time, as he dies, he says, Father, forgive them. This Jesus, he is the one who sees us. He is the one who looks right into our hearts and he loves us. He dies for us, forgives us, and lives for us. Amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding keep our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.
Would you please stand with me as we confess together our common faith in the words of the Nicene Creed that's printed for you on page 9 in your bulletin. Together we confess. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of His Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God. The congregation may be seated. This time I ask Joe to come forward for his confirmation. Beloved in the Lord, our Lord Jesus Christ said to the apostles, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the very end of the age. Joe, you have been baptized and catechized in the Christian faith according to our Lord's bidding. Jesus said, whoever confesses me before men, I will also confess before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I will also deny before my Father who is in heaven. Lift up your heart, therefore, to the God of all grace and joyfully give answer to what I now ask you in the name of the Lord. Do you this day, in the presence of God and of this congregation, acknowledge the gifts that God gave to you in your baptism? Yes, I do. Do you renounce the devil and all his works and all his ways? Yes, I renounce them. Do you believe in God, the Father Almighty, in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, and in the Holy Spirit? Yes, I believe in God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Do you hold all the prophetic and apostolic scriptures to be the inspired word of God? I do. Do you confess the doctrine of the evangelical Lutheran church drawn from the scriptures as you have learned to know it from the small catechism to be faithful and true? I do. Do you intend to hear the word of God and receive the Lord's Supper faithfully? I do, by the grace of God. Do you intend to live according to the word of God and in faith, word, and deed to remain true to God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, even to death? I do, by the grace of God. Do you intend to continue steadfast in this confession in church and to suffer all, even death, rather than fall away from it? I do, by the grace of God. 
We rejoice with thankful hearts that you have been baptized and have received the teaching of the Lord. You have confessed the faith and have been absolved of your sins. As you continue to hear the Lord's word and receive his blessed sacrament, he who has begun a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Joseph S. Miano, the Almighty God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has given you the new birth of water and of the Spirit, and has forgiven you all of your sins, strengthen you with his grace to life everlasting. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty and most merciful Father, in the waters of holy baptism you have united your child in the suffering and death of your Son, Jesus Christ, cleansing him by his blood. Renew in him the gift of your Holy Spirit that he may live in daily contrition and repentance with a faith that ever clings to his Savior. Deliver him from the power of Satan and preserve him from false and dangerous doctrines that he may remain faithful in hearing Christ's word and receiving his body and blood. By the Lord's Supper, strengthen him to believe that no one can make satisfaction for sin but Christ alone. Enable him to find joy and comfort only in Christ, learning from the sacrament to love you and his neighbor and to bear his cross with patience and joy until the day of the resurrection of his body to life immortal. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Joe, peace be with you. Amen. Joe, can you turn around so we all can see you? <laughs> we welcome and congratulate our confirmation. At this time, I ask our, our new members that we will be receiving today to come forward and join Joe here at the altar. Great to see you all. You'll be answering actually some of the very same questions that Joe just answered. So you had a little preview of, of your questions that you will answer. Here again the word from Jesus. Whoever confesses me before men, I will also confess before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I will also deny before my Father who is in heaven. Lift up your hearts, therefore, to the God of all grace and joyfully give answer to what I now ask you in the name of our Lord. Do you this day, in the presence of God and of this congregation, acknowledge the gifts that God gave to you in your baptism? Yes, yes I do. Do you renounce the devil and all his works and all his ways? Yes, yes I do. Do you believe in God the Father Almighty, in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, and in the Holy Spirit? Yes, yes I believe in God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Do you hold all the prophetic and apostolic scriptures to be the inspired word of God and the doctrine of the evangelical Lutheran church drawn from them and confessed in the small catechism to be faithful and true? I do. Do you intend to hear the word of God and receive the Lord's Supper faithfully? I do, by the grace of God. Do you intend to live according to the word of God and in faith, word, and deed to remain true to God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, even to death? I 
and do by the grace of God. Do you intend to continue steadfast in this confession in church and to suffer all, even death, rather than fall away from it? I do by the grace of God. Do you desire to become a member of this congregation? Will you support the work our gracious Lord has given this congregation with your prayers and the gifts that God has given to you? I will, with the help of God. Upon this, your confession of faith, I acknowledge publicly that you are members of the Evangelical Lutheran Church and of this congregation. Receive the Lord's Supper and participate with us in all the blessings of salvation that our Lord has given to his church. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, we thank and we praise you for your great goodness in bringing these, your sons and daughters, to the knowledge of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, and enabling them both with the heart to believe and with the mouth to confess his saving name. Grant that by your word and spirit they may continue steadfast in the one true faith and the fellowship of this congregation, as together we await the day when all who have fought the good fight of faith shall receive the crown of righteousness. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. Amen. Could you all turn around now too? (laughs) We welcome our new members here to chapel. Thank you, y'all. You may return to your seats. Remember, we'll have a little reception after service today in the commons area to to welcome and enjoy some fellowship with you all. We continue our worship by gathering our offering to the Lord.
We stand for prayer. Let us pray for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. We praise you, O God, for calling us to be your own in spite of our sinfulness. We thank you for your forgiveness that you so richly give to us in your Son, Jesus Christ. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord God, equip us with all things necessary to fight against the evil of our sinful human condition and the evil foes that strive against us. Cover us with your protection and give us courage to use your word to resist all that would seek to diminish and to destroy our faith. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, you have called us to be your disciples and to be committed to following you. Empower us as your disciples to share the gospel message effectively. Work also through all missionaries, both here and overseas. And we especially ask you to bless our mission partners, Food for the Poor, Christian Friends of New Americans, and Day Three Seeds. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, we give you thanks for the newly confirmed and those who have been received into membership here at Chapel of the Cross. We praise you for igniting faith in their hearts, making faith grow and mature and giving them boldness to declare their faith in your Son. Keep their faith strong in you, always looking to your word for comfort, peace, and guidance. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Gracious Father, we lift up before you all who are ill or hospitalized or homebound this day, including Vivian Berry, Alderay Fields, and Doris Tritkin as she has surgery this week. We commend them to you, our great physician, as well as all others who are in hospitals, care facilities, or who are enduring illness at home. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Dear Father in heaven, you are the giver of all good things. You make the plants grow and you send the rain to give them water. Bless the harvest this year. In your goodness, allow the farmers to have an abundant crop so they have enough to make a living and so we can buy fresh food to nourish our bodies. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord God, all good gifts come from you, and we give thanks with all who are celebrating the blessing of wedding anniversaries, especially Jim and Kathy Crozier, who celebrated their 55th wedding anniversary this past Friday, and Dennis and Donna Hughes, who celebrated their 42nd wedding anniversary this past Monday. Continue to keep them all in your love and in your care. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend ourselves and all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give him thanks and praise. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, O Lord, Holy Father, almighty and everlasting God, for the countless blessings that you so freely bestow on us and all creation. Above all, we give thanks for your, for your boundless love shown to us when you sent your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, into our flesh and laid on him our sin, giving him into death so that we might not die eternally. Because he is now risen from the dead and lives and reigns to all eternity, all who believe in him will overcome sin and death and will rise again to new life. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and singing.
Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us ever to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, in the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples. And he said, take eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins. This do as often as you drink of it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
We stand. Now may this eating and drinking keep and preserve you in the true faith until life everlasting. Go in the Lord's peace and in his joy. Amen. We pray. Gracious God, our Heavenly Father, you have given us a foretaste of the feast to come and the holy supper of your Son's body and blood. Keep us firm in the true faith throughout our days of pilgrimage that on the day of his coming we may, together with all your saints, celebrate the marriage feast of the Lamb in his kingdom, which has no end. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. We remain standing as we sing our recessional hymn together, Let Us Ever Walk with Jesus.